Jumpsuit Swagger. Hello, welcome to Jumpsuit Swagger. This is Valerie, Laura, and Mike. Hi. Hi, we're doing a Zoom call. We're still on lockdown. Zoom. <laughs> All I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. In your <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going crazy, clearly. <laughs> mm, I, I like it. <laughs> and we decided to make this easy. You know what? I'm going to scoot up. So I'm like, <laughs> we scoot, decided scoot, to, baby. <laughs> to yeah. make this easy and do an album review this episode. Um, the album, though. I mean, easy? This is one of Elvis's greatest albums. Oh, so great. A lot of people think it's his best album. Yeah, but so. um, it's been hard to concentrate in general because we have um, the virus. Because of the virus, no. we, we live we, so, li- we live in a sci-fi novel. So literally yesterday, this is how we listened to this album on Sunday. Was so our little child Rudiger is two and a half. <laughs> mm, that's a big half. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Rudiger. Obviously not his real name. Laura's making faces. No, that's his name. <laughs> that's his placeholder. <laughs> and he's just running around and like Mike's like, what's this song called? And he like has to run by me. And I was like, it's this one. And then he runs and then he's like, what? And then the kid's like screaming at him. You know, Rudiger is like, pay attention to me. And it was just. Yeah. So we're trying, we're trying, to, <laughs> we're trying to listen. Yeah. But I think Mike got a good listen in mm-hmm. today. Yes. Probably listen to this album more than the other ones. That we reviewed, yeah. Well, that's well good. this is this is a, a better album. Man. I I think this album. What well, we should say the name of okay, the album. Okay, so the album is from Elvis and Memphis, recorded in January of '69. Yeah, some people think it's his best. Um, and of the ones I've heard, I think I would agree. I, I think that this has a hallmark of a great album, in that the more that you listen to it, the more you like it. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. I told Valerie on first listen. So we, you know, we tried to record this the other night and I was like, full disclosure, I barely listened to it. <laughs> and we were like, no. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Let's. let's I'm glad that I went back and gave it the attention it deserved. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. More, more listening is, 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 is better for this album because I, I I think so. A lot of the songs are produced very similarly. So, um, El- I mean, this is like classic, like 70s production. Elvis sounds like he's singing uh, in a canyon. It is very reverb heavy. And if um, you're not paying attention, I could I could see how on the first listen, the songs could run together. Yeah, first listen, I was like bored. <laughs> was it listening to lyrics was just like this song's running on into the next one and the next one and they're just very slow and very boring yeah however on a re-listen great right no i thought the same no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no on a re-listen i i found myself saying a lot during this album review and i didn't during the other ones was um i wonder what this song is about like I, I just was like trying to figure it out for each song. Like, what is the song about? Yeah, it's it's a very emotional album. Like Ugh. to me, this yeah, just very strong emotions. It's like one of those albums. Like Mike and I put it on before we started this episode, and <laughs> getting comfy, Laura. <laughs> and you there? Yeah. Okay. Here. Yeah. Um. We started listening and re-listen, and I was just like, I can like close my eyes and just 
it's one of those albums where I could just lay on the bed with my eyes closed and listen to the album. And I feel like I can't do that with a lot of, you know, music from the sixties, I would say. Cause a lot of it's just like the, the Elvis sixties music is just like, boop, 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 party. Yeah. Let's yeah, fall in it's, love. It's, it's, it's campy. You know? Yeah. It's campy stuff. And like when it, but this is like an, like a good album. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing about this is that, um, you know, he recorded, um, Elvis Presley and Elvis is back and his gospel and the mo- and the, uh, and the movie albums. And I think this is the first time after the movies that he really tried to put together uh, a great album. And it, it shows because the song selection, you could tell is well thought out. Um, he's um, the songs have a lot of depth. Like when you, when you listen to the 50s stuff, um, it's really, uh, you know, candy, you know, it's really like, high level there's not like a lot going yeah, on yeah beneath, it's like, it's like shallow. Rock, yeah, it's shallow it's rockabilly i mean there's some like it's broken hearted stuff but like in general it's not like deep emotions well you know? well, well that i was talking musically deep like oh um, right right the 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 levels of of um different instrumentation like this this has a lot of like horns and keys and a lot of backup vocals that really fell I- out loved that about this album I just yeah. yeah i love the background singers yeah yeah he the does. backup singers really make this album mm-hmm. um you know which reminds me of that um that documentary um about backup vocalists i don't know does anybody else remember what it's called um, it's like six feet from stardom or something like that it's i remember a, hearing about it and i wanted to see it and i heard it was really good it won an oscar it, it's yeah. it's about um you know backup singers throughout the years and and how um they were basically responsible for these great songs in, in some ways. And, um, you know, similarly, you know, on this album, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of songs which if they didn't have the backing vocals, they wouldn't have the same emotional impact. Yeah. Agreed. So before we jump into this, I have to ask Laura a question. You installed Pokemon shield. Have you started playing? No. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> I have not. I have put in about two and a half games of Fortnite so far. Oh, okay. Have fun. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's that's what we want you to <laughs> yeah. do. Enjoy yeah, yourself. We're just curious. Yeah. We're very excited. I throw my stuff away and it's not, it's not going great. Oh. Well, you know, this is the time, right? We're all stuck in our houses. Go through our shit. <laughs> yeah. Make, make your living space nice. And, <laughs> and then you, you can play all the Pokemon. Well, the thing is, that if you accomplish things, you'll start feeling like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel good about myself because I did a thing. And then you can play a game and it's fun. Oh, yeah. So those who are listening, Laura hasn't played Pokemon Go a lot, which I know you've talked about in there's episodes where you talk about it, but yeah. you haven't actually played a Pokemon game before. No, except so- when I played at your house. Yeah, so we're very excited because yeah. yes, we're I'm, nerds. I'm really into Pokemon right now because it's lockdown and that's time for Pokemoning. <laughs> the the uh, small screen type of Pokemoning, not like the real world. I'm going to go and hang out with people Pokemoning. <laughs> Although I still do that. <laughs> Social distancing though, right? Of course, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you wear a mask every time you leave the house? Because it's the mayor. So I guarantee you. you she doesn't. Target requires a mask. To so do you, you do have a mask then? I do have. Oh, yeah. It I matches do. your basement decor. 
What? Is it made of wood? <laughs> it's got mooses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so full disclosure. Um, we moved into this I house. Love that. And, and we didn't replace any of the, uh, the moose fixtures that are in our basement. <laughs> uh, we have a moose toilet paper holder, which is still there. And uh, the lights on the outside of our house have moose silhouettes. And we're in Baltimore City. <laughs> yes. And when we bought the house, the guy had a head, like an elk head or deer head on the wall. Oh, yeah. Down it, here. It was wild it was times. Very woodsy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woodsy themed. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I do too. So, anyways... So Back to this album. So first song. Let's 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 let's, let's get, do it get up. this thing started. Elvis in from Elvis in Memphis recorded January 1969. If we recall, the 68 special was recorded the year before. Um, just a bit brief history. Elvis kind of did this uh, not without the Colonel's permission, but it's kind of the only time Elvis really did something on his own. He went back and he was just like, I'm fucking doing this. Yeah, so they were talking about cutting a new album. They had been recording all these garbage albums. Well, I mean, not all garbage, because, you know, he did the gospel and stuff. But, like, they'd been recording everything in Nashville. And Marty, Marty Lacker, worked at um, American, where this is recorded, which was, like, a tiny little studio down in, like, a rundown area of Memphis. And he was like, Elvis... Like, you shouldn't go back to Nashville. Don't go back to Nashville. You need to record there. And they're all having this big meeting. Now, Lamar worked for Hill and Range. So he made money selling Elvis's, like, garbage songs, basically. So he was kind of pissed at Marty for being like, don't go there. Don't go to Nashville. Don't record there. But Elvis listened to Marty, thank God, right? And um, I think Joe Esposito, too, told him to. So they were like, you should really like do your own thing and try to do something new. And like, because, um, singer special had been relatively successful. I did see like read some reviews where they're complaining and saying he was a terrible singer. So that was hilarious. It was variety was like, he's still a bad singer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, if I could dream had been a great hit for him. Right. So that's a banger. Yeah, it is. Oh, God. Anyways, we've gone over that before. They, pers- they, they basically persuaded Elvis to record at American. And this is the first time Elvis really had a producer. Uh, his name is Chips. And he was Wait, like... Is that his full name? His no, full name is Chips? No, it was something Chips moment. Potato his last Chips. Name. But he goes by Chips. Oh. <laughs> Not Potato Chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he... um, Yeah, so he, you know kind of he produced Elvis more than had happened than had happened previously you know Elvis this is the first time somebody would be like no I want you to do it again no let's try this again or let's try it a different way kind of um, yeah yeah so, when it was great and more than one take right right so the first couple uh first couple sessions were the first few days Elvis had a really bad cold um some of these so these some of these songs are actually recorded with him with a bad cold and then chips would go in and put in um you know put in the backup vocalist or he'd put in strings or something else and kind of rounded out a lot of the music so um i think a lot of the credit of this album goes to uh chips i mean he and that was his that's chips was um american is his his uh studio 
Oh, okay. So he started after some stuff with stacks fell through. Chips, you know. chips liked his reverb. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and another... Uh, where was Dips during this time? <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of how this album got made. All right, you want to re- ready to review? Yeah. Oh, First right, song. First song. That loved on look. Mm-hmm. This song is awesome. I really it's, like this one. It's just it's just like a great way to open an album. It's a good like sixties kind of groovy. And this one, I'm just thinking it's about you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Okay, you're cheating on your significant other. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they come home like they know because you have that look like I've been sexy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, yep. <laughs> the, the the lyrics the lyrics actually it's the other way. The guy the guy comes home from being away, and he comes home and like the ashtrays are all like full of cigarette ash, and um, the floor needs to be mopped. Like it's all <laughs> sticky, I guess. Like there's a party, and oh, like no. some, and like there's a lyric where like some shaggy hair dudes like down in like the foyer, and it's like, yeah, man, great party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the lyrics in the song? There's like a guy about it, like a bushy-haired guy that's like in his house. It's like, well, yeah, it was a great party, man. Ah. So it's very like, you know, 60s, you know, like you'd imagine. it. It's like, um, little, 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 It's like that, that feel like he's coming home. Yeah, you're right. There's a man downstairs with the long bushy hair. He said your party was a three-day rock. Yeah, exactly. Like it yeah. was, uh, you know, it, it's like, and um, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm leaving you." Okay, my favorite, my favorite lyrics are like the things that he said, "Baby, if you ever loved me," then there's a whole bunch of things that he say that are obviously true. Um, to you know contradict that one of his right. body body inclined love the law right uh, birds uh, don't fly. Um, I don't like apple pie, which I think is interesting. Is that that is so implausible? Like, like, and also trees don't grow in Arkansas. Yeah, that's... so it's like it's like um, birds not flying are equally probable with him not liking apple pie. For the record, I don't like apple pie. So penguins don't fly. You don't like? I don't. I don't care for fruit pies. He's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> mm. Apple pie is amazing. Mm. What about peach pie? I don't like fruit pies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what about pineapple pie? What about blueberry pie? What about cherry yeah. pie? Okay, key, like okay, I like key lime pie. So that's pie. a lie. That's a lie. I, does like key I, lime I like pie. I like sour pies. <laughs> lemon chess? I would eat lemon meringue pie. Lemon chess is like chocolate chess, so probably yes. That's a poem <laughs> for you. I, every every summer we go through this because I talk about yes. making a fruit pie and he's like, ah. Yeah, well, I'm like, you can eat it, but I won't. I will not. I mean, I will eat a whole apple pie, I, but we don't need to I like, see that. I like Boston <laughs> cream pie, but that is a cake, I think. It's a, the cake. <laughs> that pie is a lie. Oh, yeah. I did make you a Boston cream cake for your pie, pie, but it's a cake. Yeah. I made that for you for your birthday one year. Yeah, but th- I'm not a sweet guy, so I ate like one piece. <laughs> yeah, and one was slice, like, and I think mm. it went bad because I don't like that weird cream in I, Boston cream. I like pecan pie. I do like that. Ooh, Valerie, what? You're wrong too. Okay. 
Or is like different ways. Yeah. What pies and cakes don't you like? Are there any that you don't like, Laura? Coconut. I love it. Like a coconut cream pie? Yeah, fuck coconut. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's Co- right. Coconut cream coconut. pie always makes me think of that X-Files episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Banana cream. Cl- yeah, Clyde Bruckman's Last Repose. Anyway, the, I'm sure Laura's <laughs> never seen that. But there's a, there's, a, there's a whole plot line involving pot pies mm-hmm. and the future. <laughs> future pie. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like you think that's a joke, but it's not. It's about future pie. Anyways. All right, back to the album. Okay. (laughs) Only the Strong Survive. I think this song's great. Um, It's his mama's breakup advice, basically. Yeah. It's like... I thought it was a good song for the times. It made me... It was a little bit like If I Can Dream. It was like... All right. Only the strong survive. We're going to get through it. Do you, I mean, Wait, what? COVID, you don't think that only the strong survive? It? I mean, not like the, not like only the, the youthful, not healthy like people the survive the disease, but yeah. you, you, you know, meant, like, mental toughness. Yeah, that's, and I think that's applicable in any, any day, you know, yeah. honestly. Wait, so you thought it was dated? Do you think If I Can Dream is dated or that it held up like If I Can Dream? No, I thought it was like an If I Can Dream and that it made me feel hopeful for the world. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's very like, I I find this song very moving. I don't know why. It's just, it's like, um, it's a good anthem. It's a, it's motivational. Yeah. It's it's a, originally by uh, by Jerry Butler. Uh, mm. And the album was uh, called The Iceman Cometh. <laughs> so that's not originally from Top Gun. I've never seen Top Gun. I've never seen Top Gun either, but I, I, I know I know that and there's a homoerotic uh, volleyball scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know about Top Gun. Laura, so we should watch this. Also, Goose? <laughs> is there a Goose? Yeah, Goose is... Maverick, right? Val yeah. Kilmer is Goose. Wait, Val Kilmer is in Top Gun? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know that? Well, I've never seen Top Gun, so I didn't know. He's like he's like no. Tom Cruise's like Oh no, Val Kilmer is the Iceman. Oh wait, yeah, he's Iceman. Yes, okay. Goose okay. is some other guy. I yeah, don't Goose wanna... is his friend and I, I think he do, dies do we... probably, right? He does, yeah. I didn't want to spoilers, but yeah. Spoilers? Are you kidding? Top Gun <laughs> is forty <laughs> years old. <laughs> not forty years old. Is it? Top Gun is from the eighties. It's it's at least thirty years old. If it's probably thirty five years old at least. No, we're getting old. <laughs> I mean, come on, Top Gun was old when we were young. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sad about Top Gun. It doesn't deserve it. They're making, making a remake it, of Top Gun. No, I think it's a remake or a sequel. A sequel. I just know Val Kilmer and like Tom Cruise old? are both in it, aren't they? It's going to be like that movie Space Cowboys where like Clint Eastwood <laughs> goes to space when he's old. What? Like Tommy Lee Jones's butt or something. Is that what you see in Space Cowboys? I'll have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom. She's yeah. like, Wait, she thinks like Tommy Lee Jones is really hot? Yeah. Mm. I imagine Weird. like it'll be like that scene from the fugitive except for like instead of being in the in the water tunnel Tommy Lee Jones is mooning some dude <laughs> he's like I don't care <laughs> I'm old I don't care I don't care <laughs> All right. wants to see well I guess your mom people people wanted that Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones 
I mean, he was, uh, he was good in that, 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 uh, no country for old man, the fugitive mm. volcano. I've never, he was I've good never in that seen movie. the fugitive men in black. Yeah. That's what I know him as. Yeah. Will, I think you're thinking of Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand. Okay, back to- okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll hold you in my heart till I can't hold you till I can hold you in my arms. Yes. Very cute. Very cute song. So, so I, I like this. Um, I like most of the songs on this album, full yeah, disclosure. Really. Um, this, this song, it starts, it starts like real bluesy, and then it gets kind of like bigger. Um, and, it, and it feels kind of like, um, you know, he gave the same kind of energy towards the end. You know how like in his live performances, he kind of builds and then it gets kind of bigger at the end. And yeah. I, I, or, or at least at moments during the song, it peaks. And I feel like that was evident in this song. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, all right. 19- yeah, I love that. I mean, I I love this whole album. So I'm going to be like, yeah, I love that song. Ooh, I love that song too. Uh, yeah. Except there's two. There are two. Yeah. I do not love. Keep the keep the listeners in suspense. Yes. Um, um next the, one. Oh, oh wait. I, I do want to mention that that this this last song the uh, I'll hold you in my I'll heart. Hold, I'll hold you in my heart is actually the oldest song on the album like as far as original origination. It was originally recorded in 1947. Oh, oh wow. wow. So, there you go. They did a good job making it sound more modern yeah, for the time. I agree. Huh. I, I thought there were songs that sounded older on this album than that. But. Yeah, I agree. Mm, the last one. <laughs> Next one. Long Black Limousine. What is this song about? <laughs> what is it about? Oh, Wait, you didn't know? Okay, so really? th- this song is about someone who leaves town to make it big, and they die in a car wreck, and they come, they, they get buried back at home. Um, and the hearse is a, oh a, a long back the black limousine. A long black limousine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Wow. <laughs> I'm so surprised you didn't. How didn't you not pick up on that? Okay. Yeah, I mean. The, yeah, long black limousine. And, and, and the great thing about this is it's basically, it's, it's totally gospel. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a very, it's it, a it, it, it starts like you know with like kind of the hymnal thing. It sounds kind of like it's got like an amazing grace feel, you know, to it. The backup singers are amazing, but the the, the nice thing about the song is that towards the end, it kind of like it, it like picks up the energy. It's got that there's a key change, I think, that does like that changes um, the character of the song and leads to um, a significant amount of optimism. You know what I mean? The long black limousine, you know, they're talking about it. And it feels almost like it's heaven, right? Yeah, That's what they're talking about, which makes sense. The last last verses, through tears I watch as you ride by with the chauffeur at the wheel dressed up so fine. I'll never love another in my heart and all my dreams. Ride with you in that long black limousine. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, this is is a sad album. Like, there's not a lot of, like feel good songs i mean maybe two there might be two <laughs> did we ruin your night laura yeah <laughs> all right laura's 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 left <laughs> she literally just got up and walked away <laughs> this song was recorded by uh multiple different artists um i think if you you google it um the first one that comes up is actually merle haggard so oh right you know it's um it's a classic yeah, I, I, I really, I do love that song. It's so 
it's sad, but it's just musically it's so beautiful. Laura's cracking open a beer. Yeah. I'm sad. <laughs> well, beer will definitely help with that. Well, there's, uh, well, well uh, temporarily. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. We all, we all. So know next that. time you listen to that song, Laura, cry about it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Just think about death. <laughs> Just think about the person you super love dying. Well, I don't know if he's super loved. It, it was kind of like, you know, hey, I'm leaving to make it big. Okay, Johnny, you go do it. And then he died in a car wreck. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, I think. Because it was always about, it was about like, you know, he's going to come back. Don't worry, man. When I make it big, I'm going to come back in a long black limousine. Well, and he sure did, except for it was a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> I need more beers than this. <laughs> well, the, finish your first one. <laughs> <laughs> the summer shandy because it oh that that is a sweet sweet beer <laughs> i love bad. you sugar beer <laughs> <laughs> can't get enough of that summer shandy nah <laughs> didn't work no it's old though i don't who knows how long it's been in this fridge <laughs> all right it keeps right on a hurting is what this album does to me <laughs> Okay, this song is all breakup biz. Yeah, you know yeah. it's uh, it sounds the t- uh, the title sounds like a country crooner, and boy, is it a country crooner. Yes, this that's is that's what I thought. I just was like croon, 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 croon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very classic country. Yeah, like I, which I love. Like I like classic country. Yeah, me too. You know, the pop yeah. country from now can go straight to hell. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you feel about it. I don't like it. It's not good. Um, but old country, you know, there's there's Long something about it that's good. Shania Twain. Huh? Long live Shania Twain. <laughs> Shania Twain's kind of like, it's weird because like, I feel like there are different schools of country music, right? Because there's the really classic country and then there's like the 90s country, like Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, that kind of well, thing. And now there's outlaw country. Oh, outlaw country is the... We found out for from our friend Pat, who runs... Banu's podcast yes. was telling me about Outlaw Country, which he said is better and more like classic country. Yeah. I have not investigated yet, but so, so now, <laughs> that's what the word on the street is. Now country is just like pop music, but you sing like this, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's it. That's the only thing you need to do. Like your Forrest Gump? <laughs> well, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was bad Southern accent. Well, it wasn't. I don't even know if you would count what they do in country as a Southern accent because no, I, you know, we we've been to the South lots and no one talks like they sing in country. Well, it's funny because remember I was watching like the Today Show. This was you know a couple years ago, and they had this country singer on, and in the music they kept playing his music, and it's like mm, you hurt me so bad, you know, like whatever. And then, like, Very he's talking. Twangy. Yeah, super twangy. And he talked like me. He didn't have an accent. He didn't talk like a southerner so, yes, at I, all. I'm, I'm a country singer, and uh, <laughs> right. I was, enjoy singing the blues. And then I found out he was, like, from Connecticut or something like that. Yeah, it's all, it's like, all garbage. Fuck? You know, it's all <laughs> pretend. All it's, all junk. it's all It's all junk. junk. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. So keep, keep trying to hurt. And do you like that song, Laura? Yeah, I thought that was a really good one. Yeah, 
It does keep right on a hurting. I just (laughs) felt like all these songs were very timely in my life right now. (laughs) I know. I I thought about that before I gave it, like assigned us this album. And I was like, so this could be good or this could be bad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And all my therapy bills to you, Valerie. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes like when. Sometimes it's good to feel our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes it hits, the music hits you like that much stronger and it's like better you know when you're going through shit i know you listen to sad bastard music when you're sad laura so don't even give it it's true like Roach is not good music but papa roach was at a time in my life (laughs) that i needed that music cut my life into pizza this is my plastic fork stop okay i'm done Hmm. Oh. Okay, so I'm moving on. Moving on. I moving on to the next song. song so moving much. On. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, so, this is a great song. Also, very just like we're moving on. We're getting through it. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is totally okay. trucker music. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it starts like it's got that that movement of a trucker song. Like yeah, like you know? okay, we got a convoy going. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like convoy, and then like and then like midway through, it gets all like seventies well, funk. Yeah, not even midway through. I feel like it was like the intro, and then it's yeah. like, wait a second, we're gonna funk this up. Yeah, and, and it's they, great. Yeah, it, it, it's it, so seventies. You get the brass, like all the ugh. It just the feels backup nice. singers. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, I really like this song. Um, this song actually originally by Hank Snow. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So the guy who used to open for Hank uh, uh, Elvis in like Florida, Colonel Parker's first musician he had managed before mm-hmm. Elvis. Mm-hmm. The guy he dropped for Elvis. <laughs> yeah. So it's a Hank Snow song. No kidding. There you go. Huh? You know, I I just I ha- I'm gonna assume that Elvis did a way better job than Hank Snow ever could have with that song. Well. Prolly. <laughs> Prolly. <laughs> I like that it started country and just like was like I wonder I mean, did Frank Snow sue? Hank. Hank Snow. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even know his name. <laughs> well, no, because in this I don't time, know like, his name. The record labels would own the rights to the you know, the music or the, the mm. song. So like the studio would be like, These are the songs we have that we have the rights to and then they say, you know, pick a song. Right. So holy shit! I didn't know Hank Snow was Canadian. Oh, how about that? And he was from uh, Nova Scotia, the place where they get the least snow. So Hmm. lies. I want to talk about the next song. Okay, you want to talk about the next song? Power of My Love. I love this song. It's a great song. (laughs) Hold on, I'm gonna just play it. This song is so good. It is so like down and dirty and just like. Mm, mm, yeah i mean this is this is probably one of the only happy songs on the album and it just it just feels it feels sexy it's really sexy it's like um it reminds me of his song the fever song yes yeah it's totally freaking sexy it's it's um it's like you could it's a shame he didn't play this a lot live yeah because i would love to see him just like swaggering it up and singing this song on stage you know what i mean yeah i mean like can you imagine the kate poses to this song and just all the hip shimmying and the thrusting and the kicking like yeah i mean it's it's just okay so that every minute every hour that that hook is just 
it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing, you know. Um, it's the song is just about a haunting love, you know, like the pow- like my love is so powerful it will haunt you. <laughs> haunt you. I love that. That's like that's what I'm gonna put in my tagline, like on my gravestone. My love will haunt you. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love how how like um, it's not not syncopated necessarily, but like how it has this rocking momentum. And yeah, it just, it just makes he, you want to go back and forth. Yeah, to it. like it's it's just it's oh, a it's, great song, and I, I can I just confirmed that it, it is the 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 first track on the B side. Oh, so it, it makes perfect cool. sense because I I was listening to this the first time and I was like, this this has got to be the first track on the B side because it's about halfway through the album and this song just kicks ass in a way that you know, you, you the other songs on the album are good. The first one and this one, I think, kicked the most ass of all the songs yeah. on the album. Mm, interesting. It, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's dirty and sexy and awesome. Yep. It, I love it so much. All it's right. It's one of my favorite Elvis songs. Yeah, it's um, great. And then on to Gentle On My Mind. Wait, let me tell you what this one reminded me of. Oh, oh, oh okay. please do, because I can't, I can't wait to discuss this song. No, I'm still on Power of My Love. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yes, let's yes, keep saying yes. Yes, keep, yes. Close your eyes. It reminds me of the scene in Casper where the dad gets really drunk and hangs out with the ghosts because it's like, they're like in this bar and it's bluesy and like... Okay, so <laughs> I, I watched Casper a lot as a kid uh-huh. and um, I don't remember that scene at all, what? so I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, you do. I I um I just I remember distinctly. There's the scene where the ghosts are slow chewing, and I thought that was the funniest thing. I can't remember. Some they were like cho- shocked by something. No, it's like, and they end up like killing her dad, I think, and that's when they need to like bring him back from ghostness. Yeah, and then he becomes Devon Sawa, and then later he is an SLC punk, and he does a bunch of acid. Yeah. Yeah. I am trying to look it up because I'm trying to figure out Casper. You're... Yes, I want to know what the song is. So I, I like the theory that I, want, Ca- I feel like it's maybe bad to the bone, but it just reminds um, me. Of- well, you know, Jailhouse Rock is in that movie. Didn't know that. Anyway, okay. so it's definitely not. Oh, and another song, huh? Written. Performed by Jordan Hill. Wow, flashbacks to the '90s. Um, but also written, co-written by Linda Thompson. Mm. Is it the same Linda Thompson? I don't know. There are Elvis connections everywhere. Elvis <laughs> is everywhere. But I don't see. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see. There's a little Richard song. Wow, there's a lot of old me. It's weird. Little Richard, Frank Sinatra, Tupac, and then Elvis. Is it Tutti Fruity? Um, I feel like Tutti Frutti was everywhere in the no, 90s. No, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh. I guess Little Richard covered the theme song. That's the outro to the movie. I remember that rolling during the credits. <laughs> yeah. I like, the theory, I like the theory that Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. Because if you look at the comics, they, they, they're... Oh, hmm. oh they're, sorry. My, they're very similar. They are. I, I was wrong. <laughs> The same song, which is the name of this title, the song was written by Shock G and Tupac. Shock G. 
performed by Digital Underground, the theme from The Black Hole was in it, written by George Clinton. Uh, yeah, I don't so, know. So, yeah, anyways, that was a weird thing we just went to. <laughs> I don't remember. So, this song, so, that song is amazing, and it makes you think of Casper. It did make me think of Casper. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, so... I'm getting mixed messages here because you said that it was very erotic, <laughs> but also you're and reminded so is Casper. It, uh, <laughs> Casper, the friendly, the friendliest ghost that you ever see. Wait, so they see. kill her dad in that movie? Yeah, and they have to reanimate him. De-ghost him. Oh, okay. I really don't remember that movie very well. Clearly, and there's like serum, and then like it was going to be used on Casper, but then. Right, but, but it was because you see Devin Sawa yeah, at the end of the movie. Like only Sawa. enough to like for that dance. Oh really? I don't remember that part. Yeah, I think he goes it, back to being a ghost. Yeah, wow. yeah, that sounds right. Is is it like the end of Love Me Tender, where it's just like his his like silhouette, <laughs> like just hanging over the screen, and he's singing "Casper <laughs> the Friendly Ghost"? <laughs> no, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next song, Gentle on My Mind. Oh, yeah. I thought this one was really country and twangy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, you know, to be honest, this song kind of reminds me of um, Everybody's Talking by Harry Nelson. Mm, yeah. Um, just because it's kind of got like this wist, wistful air about it. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe it's the clavichord. I don't know. It yeah. feels very like '60s to me, and like six. Very, I don't know. Just airy. It feels airy. airy. Yeah. You know, which, which makes sense because you find out about halfway through the song that he's a hobo, <laughs> longing for like a lost love or something. <laughs> did oh, you get that, Laura? I did not. <laughs> yeah, because I'm listening to it, and oh, yeah. then it's he starts song. talking about. <laughs> Drinking a hot cup of soup from a cauldron in a train yard, and I'm like, wait a second, let me read the lyrics to this. Wait a second. And he's a hobo. You find out that like <laughs> this girl messed him up so bad that he became a hobo. And then like, <laughs> like it's not like the the only the the drinking dirty soup out of a cauldron isn't the only hint. He's, <laughs> he's talking about his dirty hat and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. People have dirty hats. It's just a it's just a wistful hobo song. I cleaned out five from this basement tonight. <laughs> you have. you and yours may be hobos. So that's. A... Are you a hobo, Laura? They weren't my hats. Well, <laughs> okay. I want to say that if you ever drink a cup of dirty soup from a cauldron <laughs> in a train yard, you might be a hobo. You might be a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I'm like, he starts talking about like passing fields and like clotheslines and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Then train tracks and then the cup of soup. I'm like, oh, you're a hobo. (laughs) (laughs) Still a great song. A great sad song about being homeless. Oh, (laughs) my great. Yeah. Homeless and messed up over a woman or man. But it was the 60s. So probably a woman. (laughs) (laughs) What? Were there any like. There were no gays in the 60s. Well, no. I was just thinking, are there any songs that are like... I mean, Elton John was writing these. That's more 70s, I guess. You know, 
I'm just thinking about big famous songs El- of the I 60s. I don't know if Elton John came out for like a long time. Yeah, but like famous the- songs that you didn't realize were actually like. Uh, oh, well, well, there is Tutti Frutti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, which supposedly was originally about anal sex. But, but I don't uh, know if that's like. I have, I don't heard, know if I have heard like a. Which, what the, the genders are of the people with the butt sex. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. It's lost to the ages. <laughs> yeah, one of those things we'll never know, like the Elvis donut commercial. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, gentle my mind. Good song. Great hobo song. Great hobo song. Oh, also it won four Grammys. What? By the way, not this song, but uh, well, this song, but recorded by a different artist in 1968. Huh. So this was like a big, big hit. Wow. They were like, great hobo song. Here's some <laughs> trophies. Pure hobo music. <laughs> Oh. What? Wow. Okay. <laughs> After loving you, After I loving love you. this song. You what? I love this song. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like it's like about that love that just messes you up so much that you will never be the same again. And like, I'm just useless. After loving you, I'm just like, I'm ruined. Yeah. So. I think that this song is the sequel to One Night With You. Hold on a second. One Night With You. Oh, man. That's so good. I feel like one night together and then he's ruined. Yes. It's the the sequel in Mike's headcanon to One Night With You. Yeah, One Night With You and then After You, I'm ruined. You know, it's like you, you, you were the one and I let you get away. And that's and that's it. I think know? this. I think he was probably like, thinking. That, okay, you have that one night, and you get that really good dick, and then everyone after that is like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like after loving yes. you, nobody else measures up. Literally. Yeah. Swish. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he was thinking about Anne Margaret when he sang that song? I think so. I don't know. I, uh, who knows? I guess, who, who Laura, we haven't really be? talked enough about Anne Margaret for you to understand. I, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it, the, it's this entire, the, the, the crazy thing about this entire album is that it was recorded while he was married to Priscilla. <laughs> and it's all about, like, breakups. Yeah, but, like, and, clearly not going well. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's all about, like, breakups and, like, missing women you know what I mean? There's the hobo song about missing women. There's this after you song about missing a woman. There's a song about cheating at the the, fir- the first song. It's just a very heavy like breakup album. I'm, I'm moving and... on. Keeps right on hurting. <laughs> I hold you in my heart. Only the songs survive. I mean, it's literally a breakup album. Yeah. Like like uh, at least up until this point. You know, I think this is actually the last song where, where it really like that theme holds true. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that around this is where it kind of departs from that theme. But, you know, up until this point, it's like, it's all songs about breakups and uh, also the power of my love. That's it. <laughs> you know, that's the only kind of positive, positive song. I mean, I think the Getting Over Somebody songs. Oh, the Only the Strong Survive. Yeah, yeah, Only the Strong Survive. But Only the Strong Survive is like, you have to have something bad to happen to you to like hear I'm that Moving phrase. On is about moving on from a breakup. Like, no. Like, you don't win a million dollars and people are like, oh, only the strong survive. And you're like, <laughs> if someone told you that, you'd be like, 
uh, that's haunting. <laughs> am I like, is this a monkey's paw deal? <laughs> like, am I going to die? <laughs> um, okay, I really like the next one. True yeah, Love's True Love on. Travels on a Gravel Road. Oh, yeah, this is a great it's song. That's a positive song in a weird kind of way. Like, oh, This is a very positive song. I don't know. Like, love's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. It, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it, it's also about, like, choosing a person for um, for love and not money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'd rather be poor and gritty and, like, dirty with you than rich and unhappy. Yeah. Well, it's a... Uh, it's a lot like that uh, that Japanese movie I watched last night, Ugetsu. So. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, again, Ugetsu. It gets you. Ugetsu does. Yeah. So you I, see I, it everywhere. Like it reminds, me of, reminds me of really old couples in my family. Like, you know, oh, yeah. specifically, there's this one dirt road on the way to Green Valley and... My cousins live there, and I don't know. It just reminded me of that, like these really old married couples that still like really like each other. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we still like each other after a while. I think we will, but Bro. we'll see. You never know. <laughs> True love travels on a gravel road, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, next. Hey. What do you mean? Why do you think I love it so much? Well, I know why you love this song, because um, it sounds very Motowny. It does. You know, um, and I was listening to it, and I'm like, this sounds like Motown. And then I, I looked, and um, the, the original recording is by a guy named Chuck Johnson, who started on, a, on a, another record label, but moved to Motown after based on the success of this song. Hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, it, that, it explains the Motown feel. Why I love it. Yeah, because I love Motown. You, and yeah, you're song. a huge Motown fan. Yeah. So Any day now is just like, I don't know gets me it it gets me and it's yeah it's it's about feeling insecure in a relationship like oh you know any day you're gonna leave any day you're gonna leave you know i i just (laughs) know i'm a a woman and i also think it's kind of like kind of possessive too like my wild beautiful bird you will have flown like it, it kind of makes me think of elvis and priscilla like keeping a bird in a cage kind of thing you know I get a little bit of of that, not not necessarily the insecurity, but I'm like trying to keep you, even though you want to fly away. That's interesting. I I, I, says, I read it differently. I know I shouldn't want to keep you if you don't want to stay. Yeah, until you're gone forever, I'll be holding mm-hmm. on for dear life. So to yeah. me, it kind of thinks of you know you're like it's kind of like the opposite of if you love something, let it free, and if it returns to you, it was meant to be. Right. Like right. the opposite of that. Like the person's like I can't bear to do that. So right. any day you're going to leave. Yeah. But I still, I, I think it's a beautiful song. It is. It's really nice. Yeah. Really yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very Motown-y. The backup singers are great. Yeah. You know. So it's, it's, it's a nice song. Yeah. Great song. Love it. So far. Love, 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 love. Pretty much all of it. <laughs> then we get to In the Ghetto. Oh. Is it, is this, do you not like this song? No, I thought it was fine. I <laughs> it was fine. It was a fine song. So I I don't understand the placement of this song on this album. I mean, I okay. So full okay. So first things first. This this song is a, is a is a great song. It's about as woke as Elvis gets. Yeah, you know, 
And I do want to give some some history here. Okay. A little bit. Go on. Um, Marty pushed for this song. He was like, this is a great song. Um, Elvis really loved this song. But he was hesitant because Colonel Parker was always like, no politics, no politics. Like, Colonel Parker was like, he had this, his mantra was that musicians were never supposed to reveal their political leanings or ideology to the public because it wasn't any of their business, basically. And they shouldn't use that, you know, I don't know, probably maybe, you know, wow. Parker had terrible politics. <laughs> I'm just going to assume because he was like, don't ever, you know, he, and he, oh, he was a Trump vote for sure. I mean, Colonel he, Parker. He was, he was into murder yeah. and well, into <laughs> he being associated with murders. <laughs> right. So. right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely Trump vote. Colonel Parker. <laughs> Sorry. We're just going to assume you were a Trump vote. <laughs> Um, Marty was like, you really should do this song. And, and Elvis really loved it and really felt it on just a compassionate level. Like he really loved the lyrics. He loved the message of the song. Um, but right as they were about to record, he kind of got like cold feet and he was like, Oh, should I do this? Like, it was very, you know, he was conflicted at first because he was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, Colonel told me not to, basically, it's like, because Colonel had drilled it into his head not to do it because it was so political. And he did it anyways. And and and, and luckily, Marty was like, dude, you've got to do it, guys. And Chips was like, yeah, this song's amazing. You, you should do it. And he did it. So, and it was basically, this song was like kind of his comeback. And it was the first time he tra- chop, topped the charts in like five years. Yeah, the song is uh, about the cycle of poverty. You know, it's about a kid who uh, gets born to a mother who who has too many children to take care of. And, you know, the the narrator, I guess, of the song is like, this kid needs help or else, you know, he'll become angry. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of trouble, you you know. And uh, so he gets he's hungry and he learns to steal and fight. And then he just can't stand it anymore. So in order to escape, he buys a gun and steals a car to get away. And then in the process of getting away, he gets shot. And then the cycle begins again and another, another, another poor baby is born. And it's just about the cycle of poverty, especially in the Guinness United States. So yeah, um, it, it, it reminded me a lot of the end of the, of, of the wire um, mm. where like oh, all, so a lot sad. of the characters you see, um, the new forms of the characters from the beginning of the series mm-hmm. take over. It was originally titled The Vicious Cycle. Um, and the writer was inspired by the civil rights movement. It, yeah, this is, it's a very powerful message. I love this song. It makes me incredibly sad every yeah. time I hear it. <laughs> I felt like it suited Elvis. Like he came from very poor beginnings. Right, right. So I don't feel like it was like bullshit. Like he knows what it's like. Yeah, yeah. To be dirt poor. Well, and it's yeah. funny because, you know, in a lot of ways at that time he had more to you know he had more in common with the other like the black families and kids his age in these poor um government housing than he did with a lot of white people you know and that's well you know i mean there were there were poor white kids that went to I, i i think i can't remember but i think that when he went to school they were still segregated yeah so there was poor white people housing and poor black people housing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they didn't intermix, but he was familiar with poverty. Right. Um, 
and grew in proximity to, to, to black poverty, listened to a lot of, you know, hung out in black neighborhoods. Yeah. It's uh, kind listened of, to black radio. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, like at the time when it was segregated and Elvis was just walking around on Beale street, going into Lansky brothers and just not giving an F and you know, that was kind of risky at the time. Yeah. It was definitely different, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and that's a lot of the hate he's received. Um, you know, was from, it was from white people. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think one of the, uh, one thing that I'm, I, I'm sad about is that like uh, for a long time, what I associated this song with was um, <laughs> South Park because Cartman does a rendition of it. Yeah. And Cartman obviously is a piece of shit and like is sold as that. So it's like the idea of like someone who is, insensitive to people singing this song is kind of like devalues the song you know so like like elvis didn't really mean what he said Mm -hmm. you know i I don't know and what's really a silly thing to say no no i agree i I think it's a powerful song a powerful message it's on the level of if i can dream in fact they released this as the first signal sing signal single um on purpose because if i could dream was his last one chips was like trying to put out there that elvis was going in a different direction basically um i wish he had done more political stuff i think the saddest part about this is like it's still true (laughs) yeah i find it so depressing uh, because it's like yeah honestly that that's that's something that i thought about as well when i was you know uh the you know, talking about the wire. Yeah. Or what's going on in our city right now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's like the psycho poverty is still there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, people don't want it to change because they blame, they blame the people. They blame the poor people. Right. For being poor. For being poor. Institutionalized racism, what? Mm, amongst, yeah, you know, institutionalized <laughs> poverty, institutionalized yeah, right. racism. It's just, yeah, yeah it's bad. Anyway, so, so did you like the, do you like the song, Laura? I thought it was very, that was different, different than a lot of stuff that he did, like musically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it felt like a, it felt like a movie song to me very theatrical you mean and then it's like yeah. telling a story yeah no i hear that it, it's um it's definitely like there's not a lot of dynamics in this song it's basically kind of like a a, a ballady song telling a story yeah you know with uh they have backup singers but they're mostly just re- you know repeating in the ghetto right yeah know? good song mm. great song but sad. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I would say they, it's the saddest on this album. I, uh, oh, yeah. There's just the wait, one. give it a couple songs. Ooh, okay, yeah. Okay, right. so. Next, Suspicious Minds. Suspicious Minds. I mean, we've heard this a lot. We've yeah, what, what can you say about this song? Um, oh, other than. Yeah. It's fucking great, right? It's great. It's was better it live. Time it was on an album? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is its debut. Yep. You know, which is kind of crazy because it, it's it's the if you think of seventies Elvis, this is the song, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but it was actually sixty nine's Elvis. Mm, yeah. Sixty nine. Yeah, it's funny. There's there were a lot of like 
a lot there was a lot of fighting with this um this song when it was released and how it was produced and i i started to like hmm. write down all the notes and i was like you know what this isn't that important <laughs> like this is like producers arguing about credits and this oh. and that and i was like never mind we're not going to talk about that <laughs> but it's an amazing song and i love it so much again yeah. another song relationship song about cheating that's true which is weird because um you go all this stuff about cheating all this stuff about breakups and stuff and relationships and you cut you you put in the ghetto between all the other stuff and right. then this one yeah um well i just really like the song so <laughs> you know he really liked it they were all like you should do it and he was like all right we're gonna do it's it it's a great song I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah it's just uh it's just a stark contrast to the rest of the material on the album yeah absolutely well Agreed. not all the rest but um yeah well, maybe. well then no. there's um oh don't boy daddy don't cry daddy okay this is a sad ass song <laughs> are you laughing laura <laughs> what what do you what do you? Oh, I hate this song. <laughs> I think it's oh no, Valerie hates this song. Too. I hate it too. I absolutely it's hate so this song. Stupid. Like, oh my dead wife and my kids, and we're gonna find a new mom. This is like to me. This is like the song Christmas shoes. <laughs> what Christmas shoes? Is that like about like Christmas <laughs> oh shoes God, for like a dead okay. child or something? For his dying mother, and it's just oh, like, okay, I get it. <laughs> it is incredibly saccharine. Okay, so here's the thing. Valerie says she hates this song, and I was like, well, we have to listen to it. And we did, and she cried, and I was like, (laughs) is a song terrible if you feel this strongly about the song? I mean, it definitely makes me cry. I cannot listen to that song. Really? Yes. Well, it's funny because I know, like, objectively, I know it's a terrible song, and I know it's like, just so in your face mm-hmm. it's a little obvious yeah and by a little obvious i mean a lot obvious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just not a good and you know what's funny elvis loves this song don't worry we'll find a new mom. well elvis i mean honest elvis sang old shep as like his like big thing like his like you know what i'm gonna pick to like wow the kids in high school i'm gonna sing a song about shooting a dog like <laughs> But he just was like, into sad shit. Died, you know? So he's like, I'm this yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. He just maybe, loved maybe, yeah. He loves sad shit. He did love sad shit. He was he you was kind of dark. <laughs> Valerie was saying he used to play the song fucking live. Yeah. Why would like you play you, the song live? It's a room killer. Oh my god. Like I oh it's like I've I've listened they'll play it like on Sirius XM. Like you'll hear like the live version of Don't Cry. And I'm like, why are you playing this song? More like listener don't cry, am I right? You're trying to get me down. Why? The power of my love. Yes. I want it to be <laughs> Elvis is erotic, not sad. Don't cry, Daddy. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Back. Huh? Then you bring it back. Yes. And then, yes, we bring it back to... About a lost dog. Yeah. Kentucky Rain. A simple song about a man looking for a dog. (laughs) So those who are listening who haven't heard that episode, um, from our Night of 100 Elvises, one of our tribute artists we talked to... David Z. David Z, who was great. His headcanon about Kentucky Rain is that it is not about, like, trying to find your significant other, but it's about finding your dog that's run away (laughs) or gotten lost. And 
Uh, it's, That's it's currently the best. Our, everyone's that, that is, canon at the show. I accept it as true. At Jumpsuit Swagger. That's our... Yep. And I fucking love that song, and I will always love that song. Uh, that That's a Valerie that's, head bobbing song. I head bomb like head bob. <laughs> head like crazy. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. And okay. then... I was like, how can you bob your head to that? But I can see it. Kentucky Kentucky rain, rain. Falling yeah. down. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, God. So fucking good. Yeah, she's. It's one of her favorite album songs. Probably top it is, yeah. three, right? Probably. I don't know. Top top five, maybe. I don't know. Maybe top three. I love Kentucky mm. Rain. I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, you just have an extent, instinctive no, reaction to that song. Really I do. Song. Huh? It's a really good song. It's a powerful song. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. Well, well written. Well produced. I like the. Um, it makes it sound like it's raining, with the instruments. Mm. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. With well, because they're like plucking, you know, violins and things, and it sounds like raining. Yeah, boop, 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 boop. I like that. Anyways, great song. And then we end the album with another song that Elvis loved and insisted on doing. Mama liked the roses. I thought this album ended with Kentucky Rain. You wish. <laughs> Mama liked the roses. Yeah. Do you think maybe this was a song like for his mom? Oh um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this song was was for his mom about his mom. It's very old timey. It sounds like a Frank Sinatra like lounge song. It's, you know what I mean? Like uh, like an old like you know lounge crooner song about mamas. Oh, before we get into this, I gotta say Lamar Fike is the reason we have Kentucky Rain. By the way, oh thank you. He's Lamar. the one who like pushed, pushed, pushed because he knew the guy who wrote the song and it was like Elvis, Elvis, Kentucky Rain, Kentucky Rain. Thank so you, thank you, cake. Lamar. R.I.P. Okay, oh, Mama, oh, just Mama like the roses, okay. Jesus. It oh, has a monologue song. about a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, there's a Bible. I saved the family Bible. I pressed the rose. You know, I kept the family Bible with a rose that she saved inside. It was passed between the pages like it had found a place to hide. Okay. Blah. <laughs> Tell me. That's yeah. my reaction. It's lame. I mean, honestly, I don't hate don't cry daddy as much as you guys hate don't cry daddy for me this is by far the worst song you hate, the album. this is the most hateable yes mm-hmm. i i just don't see why would you end an album like this i don't know okay okay so here's here's my suggestion it ended with kentucky rain. kentucky rain kentucky yeah that rain. should have been the end of this album and oh. this song never should have been recorded <laughs> or or let me let me have an alternate suggestion the the author of this song is a man of the name of by the name of uh, john christopher and he wrote one other elvis song and that song was always on my mind um. it was first recorded a year or several months after this album was released Always on my mind would be a great way to end this album. In my opinion, the wrong John Christopher song was used to end this album. Are you, is that the same one that um, Willie Nelson does? Yes. Okay, because like Elvis saying always on my mind all the t- like live all the time. I didn't know. Yeah, Willie Nelson's recording wasn't until the 80s. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it, it was originally uh, Elvis sang it before Willie Nelson did. No kidding. What did you say, Laura? Is that the song that's in Practical Magic? <laughs> no it's in the craft all right i gotta look it up <laughs> i i why what does it say in this practical magic <laughs> um yes elvis's version of always on my mind is in practical magic there you go i didn't know it was him 
but that's where I know that song. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and 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 that yeah. would be a great way to end the album because it's like the album. You you you. It's a great song. It's it's an outro. It fits with the breakup theme, and it leaves you with it would leave you with the feeling like oh this this mm. album will always be on my mind right because of the experience that I had listening to it. Mm. It it's a crime. It Mama is. loves the roses is terrible. I know, but Elvis loved it. it he is. was into that song. Uh, he also liked Peace in the Valley, and I. Mm, yeah, I mean, all, like, all of Elvis's mama songs are terrible, <laughs> except for that's all right, Mama. That's an all right one. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. I don't know. Ugh. <sighs> but the rest of the song is perfect. Uh, the album. How I think many is, cheeseburgers do you give this album? Uh, I didn't even know we were doing that for albums. Are are we? We? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If I, I think if, well, maybe we were. I don't remember. If, if I were to give an impromptu rating, I like real a relative Elvis rating of this. It's easily nine out of ten cheeseburgers. Yeah, nine. I would say nine and a half. The half is taken off for Mama Like the Roses and Don't Cry Daddy. I was gonna say eight and a half out of ten. It's a, it's a that's an really? impressive rating for you. You know, I, I it's a solid album. Like it's a like great we, album. the other albums we reviewed. Um, his original, his self-titled album, and the mm-hmm. Christmas album. Um, the B side was full of stinkers, yeah. and this one, honestly, the B, the B side is full. The B side is full of hits. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like let's stuff all all like the the radio worthy singles, like on the, the, the B side. Yeah, all the singles oh. were on the B side. Yeah, well, the crazy the crazy thing is, "Don't Cry, Daddy" charted at six. Uh, yeah. Don't cry, Daddy. Like crazy, like don't cry, daddy. People were like, "Yes, yes don't cry, daddy." That's the best song in this album. What? Are you kidding? Like, I mean, what was going on in 1969? You know what? I don't know. You're numb to these kinds of sensations. I feel like maybe like this yeah. kind of, we're just like numb to it. And back like, then, like, oh, this is a very sad thing. Daddy cries. What are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. the the story I mean, is very daddy sad. Daddy. Well, it's. <laughs> you know, now men cry often, so it's not like a big impact, maybe. <laughs> it's like women, women are allowed to cry. I don't know. No, I guess no. there weren't a lot of songs about widowers at the time. Don't cry. Mm, don't cry, Daddy. You still you have cry, me Daddy. and Tommy. Oh, your feelings. <laughs> it's such a stupid song. Don't cry, Daddy. It's not stupid. It's just so cheesy. It's just cheesy. Don't cry, Daddy. We're just out of beer. We'll go to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So. Good album. Good album, Laura? Solid album. I would say this is on par with Laura's playlist. Oh. I would say a little better, even. Yeah. Well, you don't like the 50s Elvis. You like the 70s, so. Yeah, yeah. I figured this is actually the first 70s album we've listened to. You know, we did 50s, and I was like, we could do 60s, so he did Elvis's back when he got back from the from um the army but i really want to dig into some 70s with you because i thought that was like the, the sweet spot of elvis for you and i think i honestly as i get older 70s elvis is more my jam than 50s elvis i don't know why yeah. well well it's interesting I, I wonder if maybe um some of the songs from the 50s elvis albums people don't know that they're covers and you know, or didn't know that they were covers. And, and and when they were reviewed at the time, they were like, oh, these, they're from the 60s, most of them. So people obviously knew that they were by previous artists. So 
they didn't have the same level of impact. Oh, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, not all the songs. I mean, some of the songs were written specifically for Elvis. Uh, Power of My Love, I, I think, was uh, Suspicious Minds. Um, some of the, the I, I know that Mama Love the Roses and uh, Don't Cry Daddy were specific Elvis songs. So when Marty was like trying to get Elvis to do this album um, in American, and he, he was like, Elvis, this isn't like you can't keep recording like this Nashville crap. He like stood up to Elvis and basically kind of told him off and was like, there are like good singer songwriters out now. You can't, that's why nobody wants to make music for you because number one, like Colonel Parker had this weird thing where he got like 20% of the cut of the sale of the song. Plus they got producer credits. Like Elvis would get producer credits or something. It was like, cause they had all these like schemes, you know, cause it was Colonel Parker and like Marty was like, you're not going to get good music. <laughs> like nobody wants to deal with you because they don't want to lose money. And also people are writing and just singing their own music. Now that wasn't a thing in the fifties. And Elvis was just like, all right. Uh, <laughs> and yes. listen to him. <laughs> and Colonel was pissed too. Um, at one point he was like, we can fall on his ass then because Elvis had said no to some Hill and range songs. And Colonel Parker was like, you know, fuck you, Elvis, fine, fall on your ass. I'm going back to California because he was setting up, and he was setting up for Vegas and stuff. And then, oh, uh, he did pretty well without yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Makes you wonder, you know. Right. Yeah. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah. yeah. Well, Elvis. this album's still great. At least this happened. I, I have one complaint about this album. Um, in the 60s and 70s, nobody knew how to end songs. <laughs> so literally every song is a fade out. Fade out. Fade out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, nowadays with the with our, we can crossfade our own songs, thanks. You know, we, there, we it's weird because there were 60 songs that weren't fading out. But there was just a lot of it on this album. A lot of fade outs. You know, it, I it's, guess, maybe yeah, it was more of a 70s was, thing, but. The, yeah, maybe. I think it was more of a 70s thing. It's like, just end it. Why fade out? Yeah. It was, that was the thing people did. Lazy. For a while there. Lazy production. Yeah. Jack up the reverb, fade it out. <laughs> but you love this album. I do. I it's do. It's such a good album. I do. I just have. I have modern sensibilities that that come in. You know, it was the style at the time. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, like a hundred years from now, people are going to come back and be like, "Wall of Sound." I mean, people are still already like Wall of Sound, but you know, I don't know what that means. It's but... too much compression on okay. top of their music. Okay. Anyways, love this album. <laughs> Sorry, music. <laughs> We love this album. Great. If you're new to Elvis, listen to it. It's very 70s and groovy and 60, you know, 60s, 70s. Groovin. But I would highly yeah. recommend this. Yeah. To who's... If, if you need, are in need of a breakup album, <laughs> this is a good one. I, I, I think it has a lot of uh, songs that are apropos. Yeah. Um, or you just want to hear some like soulful shit, like sad kind of. Emotional music. Emotional music. Soul. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got it's got some it's got some feeling in it. Yeah. Yeah. So hit us up on um Instagram, Twitter. We're hanging out. Still quarantine life. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Um quarantine, as they say in Baltimore. Quarantine. Or Baltimore. Say Baltimore. Baltimore quarantine. Baltimore quarantine. quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Anything else? Housekeeping notes? 
Oh, that's what more self-respect, more respect for fellow man, (laughs) more respect for fellow students and instructors, respect for all styles and techniques, techniques, body conditioning, mental conditioning, respect for meditation, meditation for the coming of stealing of mind and body, respect for all students and instructors. Nope, 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 nope. No. Sharpen your skills. Sharpen your skills. skills. Increase mental mental awareness for all those who seek a new outlook and personal philosophy. Freedom from constipation. Elvis Presley 8th. All techniques into one. Elvis Presley 8th. Applying all All techniques into one. Up to it, swagger.